All right, joining us in the program right now, David Andrzejczyk, Vice President of Corporate and Community Affairs with the Tampa Bay Lightning, Hall of Famer, and a former roomie on the road. <laughs> Chucky, what's happening? Had to put that in, did you? <laughs> Listen, I've, I've had a lot of great roomies on the road, but not one of them ever told me after a team meal to take another tray upstairs for post-game snacks. Oh, smart. Nice, nice, yes. I hope you learned something, yes. Wiley veteran move. That's what that was, Chucky. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How are you doing? We're doing well. Uh, still celebrating the second Stanley Cup, or is that over now? Because I think it crept into those first few games of the season. I think it did. I think you're absolutely right. Hey, listen, these guys have played a lot of hockey, right? Like, you think they won two cups within a one calendar year. Um, they just got their rings, and I think John Cooper said it. Okay, this is the end. We've got our rings. We've had our last celebration. The cup goes back to Montreal to get engraved. It's time to move on. And and the team has, to be honest with you. Um, they've played much better in the last you know week and a half to two weeks. How, how does this group stack up compared to previous years? Do you think uh, with the roster that there's anything different stylistically with the way the group plays, or is it still shaped the same way it was during the, the two cup runs? I think it is. I mean, the system is still the same. You know, they're, they're up the ice a lot. Um, you know, their defense are active. Not much has changed on that decor, to be honest with you. Um, you know, the, they brought in Zach Bogosian. Unfortunately, he got hurt. I think he would have been a good fit because – He's been there for one of the cups already. You know, of course, I mean, it's been well documented as that year went on, uh, knowing that they were not going to be the same group the next year. You know, the cap implications, you know, uh, losing somebody to Seattle. So, um, you know, that was, it's going to be, it was going to be a different team regardless. And, and, you know, they brought in a couple of young kids that have been okay. You know, we're still looking for a little bit more, but they've been okay. Um, he's kind of moving them into the lineup. But basically, you know, you still got your core group. Unfortunately, Kucherov is in there, and he will be back by the end of the year. And they're, they still got a lot of good players, and, you know, they're going to win a whole pile of games. When you think about Stanley Cup runs in, in history, whether it's the famous grind line in Detroit uh, or now we look at uh, Goudreau and Coleman last year, last few years in, in Tampa Bay, uh, you really truly understand that you just can't win with three or four superstars. You have to have a deep roster with some serious depth now. Uh, now we look at like guys like Maroon, uh, Corey Perry, but could a guy like Ross Colton now come in and fill in for a Goudreau or a Coleman? Well, it's going to be hard to replace that line. They did so much for us, right? Like, you know, it wasn't just the energy of Yanni Gord or the toughness of Goodrow or, you know, the relentless attack of Blake Coleman. I mean, they changed momentums in games. He started them every period. You know, they were on, they were, they were on the penalty kill. So it was, it's going to be very hard to replace those guys. Now there are others that have to step up and you're right. It's a guy like, like, like Colton that's come in and he's a good young player. He, 
he plays with a you know with some grit he you know he's intense on the puck you know I like his tenacity and but you know is he going to be a Yanni Gord maybe um at this point probably not where Gord was last year so they are a little bit of a different look team because their bottom six has changed um and you're absolutely right. It's the bottom six that maybe puts you over the top uh, on winning because everybody's got one, two good lines. Everybody's got good players. But, you know, what can you, what can you get out of the rest of your organization and your bottom guys? And They sure got a lot out of those, uh, you know, out of their bottom six in the last couple of years. David, it's not necessarily been the case for Tampa Bay this year, but they've had a deadly power play. Uh, we They've, We've talked about it here in Toronto all the time because the Toronto power play group here wants to be that Tampa Bay Lightning group and they don't have it. You are the all-time power play goals leader in the NHL. We're always talking about the power play here and trying to figure it out. Uh, you seem like the perfect guy to ask, what makes a great power play? Well, every team's got good players, right? Like, you know, they, they, they're all talented offensive players. It's, it's working together as a five-man unit, really. It's um, and it's, you know, it's, it's having the high hockey, hockey IQ, you know, to run through your options, you know, the way penalty killers are aggressive. Now you've got to think before you get the puck, you got to have plays in your mind, you know, and I think Kucherov probably is the best at that where, you know, no matter, um, what they throw at him, he's always got, you know, something in the back of his mind that he's going to do, whether it's the cross ice to, to, to Stamkos or mm-hmm. whether it's back to Hedman or, you know, getting it to Braden Point in the middle, like they, they have a lot of options. This 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 team does. You know, a lot of weapons they they use. So, uh, but again, you know, you can have good players. You just got to be all on the same page. And it, it struggled a little bit at times. And you know, now that Cooch isn't there, um, they've been working hard at it to try to figure out what's the best combination. They put in Corey Perry uh, to put him in front of the net, but. That power play has been a main staple for for the Lightning for for a few years now, not just their last two cups, um, because you know teams know how deadly it is, and you could lose a game just by taking too many penalties. What is uh, a guy like Corey Perry? Where do you see him fitting in in all of this? I am just baffled that Montreal let him leave after everything that he did and and how he really helped that team down the stretch. That one's mind-boggling, but what what kind of fit has he had? Uh, he's been okay. You know, he's been good. I mean, you know, I, I think the numbers don't really speak for it. I mean, you look at what he's done statistically, and maybe it doesn't jump off the page to you, but uh, he's a veteran guy that gets it, right? Like, you know a veteran guy, when he gets into a room, he's not causing any waves. He's just going to add. He's going to slowly work his way in. And that's what, that's what he's done right now. So his game will come around a little bit. I mean, you know, the system they play here is so up-tempo, you know, he's got to, he's got to figure that out a little bit, you know, and he's got it. They've had him with Maroon and Colton. And at times they've been, they've been really good. Like their puck possession has been good. They've been aggressive. Haven't quite had the finish that I think we, we definitely need, but he, you know, you think of what Julian Breezebois did in losing all the guys that he lost. Well, you, you bring in character guys, right. That are going to fit right in. You're not hoping that this is going to be a, a good fit. You understand who the guy is. You, you've watched him, 
he was in the two finals against the Lightning in the last two years. And so I think it was a good signing. The price is right. Um, you know, he, he continues to add that grit that, you know, sometimes, you know, we forget that it's a big, it's still a big part of, the, of winning and losing. Dave, our, our show focuses on a team you played for here in Toronto, obviously. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at your Tampa's one of the divisional rivals this year. If, if you have, give us your thoughts on what the Toronto Maple Leafs are this year, maybe compared to what they've been in the, in the past couple of years, if, if you do see a difference at all. Uh, well, you know, the, I don't know if the personnel has really changed a little bit. Obviously, goaltending has been, mm-hmm. you know, a, a focus for a while. I I like Campbell. I think he's, you know, he's he's ready to take that next step. He's been fine for them. You know, um, they have their talented group, right? I, I still think they're trying to find their identity. Like, you know, what are we? I mean, we're going to play up-tempo. You know, we are. We are. We are we're a fast team. We're, we're going to play up-tempo. But, um, and, and, hey, this team here in Tampa struggled with it a few years back was, you know, until you got Ryan McDonough, and then you realized, oh, yeah, we're up-tempo, no doubt. But w- winning championships is about defense, right? Mm-hmm. And it's about managing your own, your own end and everybody coming back. And that's the buy-in that you're getting from Stamkos and Kucherov and Point and Palat. You know, it's not just about, you know, going forward and scoring goals. It's, it's defending. And they've defended really well in the last couple of years. And I think that's what Toronto is missing right now because – yeah, they might be struggling to score in the power plays, you know, but they're just too talented offensively that that's going to stay that way. You know, Marner's going to find his way, right? He's a, he's a hardworking kid, and he's, he's going to find his way. He's too talented that he's not. So, you know, I, I really think good teams find that, get the offensive players, and then you focus on defense, and that's what, that's what wins you some games, right, is you got to, you know, it's the race to five doesn't work you know, in the regular season, and it sure doesn't work in the playoffs. Well, the Leafs will – the Leafs tonight should watch 27 in, in, uh, in white and blue on the other team tonight. Ryan McDonough, is there anybody that really does it better than him? And I don't know if well, – will he get the credit he really deserves on how good he is, Dave? Not at all. Not not even one ounce of credit. I mean, we, we you know, you, when you watch this team, you you know, like we get it, who he is, right? Like, but you know, you go down the superstar list. Where do you fit Ryan McDonough in? And that's a lot of people put him too far down in my eyes because, uh, you know, the one-two combination of having either Hedman or McDonough on the ice, basically most of the game, um, it's it's that's that's the combination that everybody wants. You have two top D, right? And man, he he's been awesome. He really has. He's he's just that quiet leader that goes about his business, never gets beat. Um, and you know he he plays hard, right? He 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 plays hard. He's hard to play against. So uh, a lot of credit, you know, for him and winning the cups and what he did defensively is a big part of it. One thing I wanted to ask you about too was your your title there, uh, Vice President of Corporate and Community Affairs. It's been a a weird time for you guys because you're winning Stanley Cups, but a lot of people have been at home, and it's been a weird pandemic year. Uh, how is the the response in the community to a team that's been nothing but a success in kind of an awkward time to be out and about as a sports fan? 
Yeah, it's been tough, right? I mean, it's been tough for everybody, right? The whole bubble thing and winning in the bubble and our fans. We couldn't even have, like, watch parties for our fans. Brutal. Um, you know, it, it was it was, it was was sad, really. It was. To, and, you know, hey, we got a whole bunch of wagon jumpers. Let's face it, right? Like, just, <laughs> it's, that's okay. And yeah. we're, we're, we got a big wagon. We'll just keep taking them on, right? Like, it's, that's not the problem. The problem is, is that, they all want to be part of it. And during that bubble run, it was, it was hard. And, you know, then last year comes about and we slowly got back to capacity and we're getting that back again. So our fans are hungry, right? Because they, they know that's a good team. I mean, like I sense it in the, in the community is they all want to be part of it, right? Because they see it. It's a championship team. So uh, momentum is, 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 is on our side right now. And it's, um, it's been fun. This whole city has gone crazy with, you know, with the Buccaneers winning and how good the Rays have been. It's, uh, it's a pretty cool place to be a sports fan here in Tampa Bay. All right, Dave, we're going to let you go. We got a break coming up soon here, but, uh, thanks for your time and, uh, good luck with everything, uh, the rest of the season. Yep. You got it guys. No yeah, problem. So Anytime. Dave Andrew vice president of corporate and community affairs with Tampa Bay lightning and overall good guy. The, all-time power play goals leader. All-time. I was looking at his... God, he owned the front of the net. I mean... Owned. Who owned the Chiefs? <laughs> Dave Anderchuk, that's who. He had like 15 seasons or more uh, where he scored 10 or more power play goals. One year he had 30 power play goals. Well, 28 to be specific. But I, I have a ticket on my desk of... Um, Speeding? No, no. Like a ticket stub from, <laughs> oh. I forget, March something, 1995. Uh, with the Winnipeg Jets playing against the Toronto Maple Leafs, my first ever Leafs game. Dave Anderchuk scored a goal in that game, and uh, yes, Nick Kiprios played in that game with the Toronto Maple Leafs. So there you go. Come on. So you remember Dave scored, but you can't remember anything I did. That <laughs> I don't. Really. You were also I, there. Can I tell you something? I don't remember. Shift what? left, shift right. I shift cr- left, Kiprios. <laughs> shift right. Just a grocery stick between the cr- forwards and D. <laughs> I cried because it was a tie. It was a tie. I was like, well, what's that? So it was a, a three-three tie. Yeah. So, JB. Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Sergachev, Chernak. That's your top four. It's not quite Lilligren's. What is, no, I'm kidding. That's what your is, bottom pair. I'm teasing. No, no. What is, what is Tampa Bay paying for all four total? Uh, $30 million? Five each. <laughs> Pretty yeah, good deals. Probably should have guessed that. They Man. $20 million for their top four. McDonough still never got paid, eh? Well, McDonough's at 6'7". Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pretty healthy here. That's a that'll be a little tricky. He's thirty two years old. He still has, including this year, five years left. Hedman's got to be worth eleven, twelve himself. And they've got him three more years after this season at just seven, eight. Oh my oh. lord! <laughs> I love you, said McDonough's the best <laughs> defenseman in the league. I think so. By I don't know. That's seven. Eight. He's only making three hundred more next year than Morgan Riley. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Ryan McDonough never been paid, Barney. He's only made forty-five million dollars in his career. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, by context, yes, is okay. a context, all-time yes. great. Correct. I got to do words, Sammy. Oh, it's time. Oh, do we have a giveaway? It's time, Barney. Yeah. Okay. Let's see it, buddy. I don't want to be accused of not helping you do this okay so let me go first okay all right this is jb (laughs) as your help yeah 
<laughs> reading a giveaway. You know, some of the best players in the league can really just set up, set guys up, and that's what you do. Okay. Uh, playmaking. Here we go. Uh, the Maple Leafs and the Bruins clash for the first time this season this Saturday, and we want to send you. Please keep in mind each fan, age 12 or older, must present proof of co- full COVID-19 vaccination along with government-issued ID at the entry gates to Scotiabank Arena. If you want to go, we are taking caller number five right now at 1-888-666-0590, 416-870-0590, and star 590 to win a pair of tickets to Leafs versus the Boston Bruins. If you're not the lucky winner but still want to join the game action Saturday or at any other Maple Leaf home game this season, you can purchase tickets at Ticketmaster.ca. Wow. Whoa. Pretty smooth Have you voice. ever done uh, infomercials at like 1 a.m.? <laughs> I think I've heard you a nonstick frying pan. I think I've heard you before. <laughs> Set it and forget it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't say that, man. They could do that for our show. <laughs> we don't want people to set it and forget about uh, it. Tune in. All right, we got to go to break. The Cazzarola. And the Cazzarola. Yeah. We got Gord Stellick. I didn't even mention Gord Stellick. Stelectricity is going to weigh in on the whole Eichel situation here. And I want to get your thoughts and, of course, Gord's on Matthew Kachuk. Was he really in? Was he not in? Was it a plant? Leverage. No, a plant. What does that mean? Oh, I'll tell you after the break. All right. All right, real Kipper and Bourne. Gord Stella coming up next. Right back at you, Nick Kiprios, Justin, Vince Offerborn is with us. Oh, no. Can I just nickname you the ShamWow guy? (laughs) (laughs) What a reading. I tell you what, I just read that man's Wikipedia page, and it I did I do not want to be associated with him. Whew. Let's ask Gord Stellick if he's ever done an infomercial before. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you ever done one? I an, bet an, yes. Wait, uh, an infomercial. An I, I I now you used to make fun of me doing gerbil magic, as you called it, which was herbal magic. And I did the <laughs> critical illness policy, and I did Dufferin Mazda, and I, I didn't. I would. I there, I was getting a little out of hand there, but I, no, I did not actually do an infomercial uh, at, at one o'clock in the morning, like you were uh, accusing Justin of having done. Honest to God, you were out of control. One one season, I think he he pitched twelve different things. I okay. love it. Get yeah. that money. Yeah. Oh my oh. god. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, they were they were fun times and actually uh in in all cases it was something I ended up using although yeah. you can see of late that uh my uh the herbal magic is shut down so my body is creeping towards needing a critical illness policy, I guess. I'm, I think I don't know what my maybe my favorite was the man boob reduction one you were doing. No, I, I did not. Oh, okay. Do, All right, I'm I sorry. The male <laughs> breast <laughs> reduction commercial. I'm sorry. I thought that one was yours. My, my I apologize. <laughs> I, I am so sorry. Am I making that up? Was there an ad for that? 
Oh, like, hey, Kippy. Okay, there was an ad As for that. Hockey, you, yes. Hey, Justin, did you do Hockey Central at noon with Kippy? And he puts his water on, and he puts his special Pez dispenser pills out there, and he, you know, and he talks about stuff, and then and then Doug McLean has to talk about getting his car from whatever. You you got about three minutes of hockey talk here by the time these guys did all their like like subliminal endorsements. You know what I'm down to right now? Subliminal is the best part. You know what I'm down yeah. to right now? Tim McAuliffe was in here and he was pitching all his kids candy on me i've got like smarties now this is how low i've gone i've gone to now like uh the um the the bracelet the candy bracelet this is what <laughs> this is what i'm down to right now if you're listening out there we're looking for endorsement deals the candy bracelet corporation <laughs> hey did did vegas get their candy with jack eichel oh big time they big turn. time you know it, it's a can't win for buffalo that it's uh uh, the team that gets the best player wins the deal. And I'm, I'm making an assumption, and given you know, the medical uh, knowledge and technology nowadays, that Jack Michael's going to make a complete or, or pretty well close to complete recovery. I mean, he's a stud. So you got Alex Took that's, you know, what is he, like a second-line player, third-line player, serviceable player. The first-round pick, like it's top 10 protected. Vegas will, will finish in the top 10 overall in the league. So you think that'll be 20 to 32. Then they swap the second and third. So Vegas is like, say, Vegas is in the top three. That's the 30th pick, and Buffalo's in the bot. You flip six spots the following year, you know, theoretically. So it comes down to what this Peyton Krebs is all about. And he hasn't, uh, you, you know, he's got a lot of notoriety from what he's done on the international stage and all that and, and, and before. But he hasn't yet established himself in the NHL. I mean, this is where you're, it comes down to your scouts trying to assess uh, what he could be. I mean, the greatest example of that was in all the guys that went in the Eric Lindros trade. They got a prospect named Peter Forsberg from Philadelphia. And, you know, Krebs is certainly not Peter Forsberg, but I mean, that's the best kind of example. So there's no question, you know, Buffalo was stuck, but Vegas needed help at center and, they, and they've won this trade the big way. Uh, the The thing we were discussing before you came on was, you know, do you believe that some of the other names that were out there were even ever out there? Like, you know, Calgary Flames are involved. Matthew Kachuk's name is out there. You know, it, it feels in retrospect a bit like leverage. Or do you feel like this was a bidding war uh, for teams trying to land this guy? Well, a little perplexing, Justin. Now, now I, I do know years gone by, like way back, pre-internet, you know, some some GMs would have good relations with writers and try to get names out there because a plan. it would fuel it would fuel fan yeah it would fuel fan interest and uh, I heard you talking about that yeah you know and that and, and and that was true in a lot of cases like like I didn't get when I heard Matthew Kachuk's name I said wait a sec like Matthew Kachuk is a blue chip prospect like a Jack Eichel so mm-hmm. the point being if you're going to make this trip you're understanding that Jack Eichel's situation is unique and he's kind of marked down, and you're going to make the kind of deal that Vegas ultimately ended up making. I could not, I could not fathom Calgary giving up Matthew Kachuk and others to get it. So, you know, I, I mean, Kevin Weeks uh, has some great sources. He's been bang on about a lot of things, and, and that I'm, I'm curious uh, exactly what Calgary at the end of the day offered, if in fact, you know, they made a final offer. But what he was alluding to is a better offer than Buffalo got from Vegas. Do you know when... Gord traded Russ Cortnell for John Cordick. That was a plant, yeah. but no one told Gord. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, now, by the way, we got a six-round pick as well, who didn't pan out. It was, um, you know, so, uh, yeah, there, there was, there, I understood the world. Uh, hey, Ken Raggett for two first-round picks. Skipper, come on, give me some credit that year. I know they both came from Belleville, uh, ultimately, but, you know. 
hey, give me some credit. It, who's got the Who's got the worst, toughest salary cap right now to deal with? Are, are we down to Vegas, the Leafs? And you know, Vegas in two years in a row, like you, you know, the, the, they're not afraid to ruffle feathers. Nate Schmidt si- thought he signed for uh, the long term, and after one year, he was dispatched to Vancouver, and he was pissed about that. Mark Andre Fleury wasn't happy. Uh, about how he found out he was going to Chicago. But, you know, uh, they need to do things uh, after at the end of each season, and they've done them. So uh, I, so, so they seem to have ways they can do things. The Maple Leaf one, I look at, I kind of go, oh, my goodness, because you've got to add Jack Campbell to the mix as well. They've got Morgan Riley now next year and getting a deserved raise, and Jack Campbell, if all things keep going the way they are, getting a raise. And, then you're when when I say you're stuck with your big four, that's still not a horrible thing. I mean, the best contract is the guy who's giving you the best value, which is Nylander, uh, as far as the money he makes. So I just find you know they're really hamstrung with those four contracts, and and every year there's a lot more. They don't have like the Nate Schmidt one to me that jumps out that they're like we're able to unload five point nine five, which is what Schmidt made, and Vegas did that two years ago. So I, I think Toronto's probably right now the way it is probably the most hamstrung. Well, yet we hear that there are trade rumors, right? We, we've heard that Travis Dermott is available. Justin Hall is available, not necessarily being traded, but these guys' are, names are out there. What are your thoughts on the, the rumors of, of two of their D-men who came up through the Marlies now being on the market? Well, you know, first, um, in trades, you like to get some cap space, so that's not going to help that in either case. I, it's, you know, when, when you're trading guys, when they're kind of marked down, that's always a bit more problematic because, uh, you know, what, whatever their zenith was, for want of a better word, it's not right now. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, I mean, these are kind of disappointing trades because Justin Hall is a guy that you thought was going to be part of your core four, your core five, and seemed to play at that level. Travis Dermott seemed like he was trending towards that. I mean, there's all of a sudden from a guy that didn't play a lot last year, a lot being thrown Rasmus Sandin's way and, uh, uh, I'm okay with that. I, I, I like the way he's played, but you know what? What like I don't know, Kippy Jessel. What are you going to get back for those guys? Like, what are you going to you're going to you're going to trade for uh, like another defenseman, another marginal defenseman, or are you going to uh, be able to get one that kind of that kind of sticks and you're you're fortuitous with about that? So uh, I mean, that's fine. You know, I know the decor. They've had some situations they want to address, but. You're not going to get a lot. Of, you're not going to get ridiculous things in return for those guys. But you will get maybe someone that can be in that similar two million dollar bracket that can just play a little tougher. Maybe Gord, uh, are ten games enough to understand what you truly have on this blue line, and that you truly need grittier guys, tougher defenders. We threw out names like Gudas out of Florida, uh, Bertuzzo in in St. Louis similar type of $2 million players that maybe bring more consistent sandpaper than a guy like Justin Hall. Yeah, I, I, I could do that, Kipper. I, I could, again, like I said, it's very much a complimentary trade around the team. It's not like a, like an oh wow trade. I mean, last year at the trade deadline, Washington to Detroit, you know, with the Anthony Mantha trade, that was a, that was a real trade. Uh, so uh, like, like I'm, I'm good with that. I mean, the toughest thing, we keep going back to that all the time about, um, being needed with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I still think the ultimate toughness is what uh, in the playoffs is chasing a Patrick Kane uh, around. I mean, that kind of speed and that kind of relentless pressure and, and the difficulty that is. I mean, so there's, there's different ways, but people 
always gravitate back to the physicality. And I know it was decades ago that you brought up about that trade with Montreal, but again, it went back to about uh, uh, addressing an Neat. issue of not of not being physical. Yes, yeah, totally. Well, when we're looking at not physical, I mean, Toronto is very excited about Timothy Lilligren playing a couple of good hockey games. What have you made of what he's done so far and his potential for them this season? Well, I don't get excited about anything, okay? Okay. Because I've seen so I've, I've, well, I do get, but I mean, I've seen so many of the Stuart Percy's of the world and on and on and on. And Kipper and I, and we've talked about it, Justin, the um, inability to develop a young defenseman that's, you know, playing. Uh, save for Morgan Riley. You know, Morgan Riley, of course, was a high draft pick, but I, I hope that's the case. I, I, I like what I've seen, Justin. I mean, Sandine and Lilligren are both first-round picks. When you pick someone in the first round, there's an expectation they're going to play at the NHL level and be able to contribute. It doesn't always happen, but the teams that are the good ones, you know, look at like Tampa Bay, and you talked to Dave Andrichuk just a little bit earlier, look how they draft, and all of a sudden, every year, boom, the the well keeps getting replenished, and so you know, that is the hope. I, I, I looked at Sandine as being more of a sure thing than Lilligren, but uh, I'm incre- and I, I like that they played together. I like, I, I like that Sheldon Keith put in together. So, again, it's 10 games, but uh, I've been encouraged by what I've seen, but I'm not ready to make the quantum leap about them being established NHLers. Not, not that you asked me to. And it's not true. I have seen you excited before ordering a Dante's Fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, yeah, I take that back. Right when the when I phone the takeout place and they actually answer, you're right. I do get a little excited <laughs> for ten seconds. Yeah, Sheldon <laughs> Keefe, uh, what a week and a half ago against Carolina, and his post game comments really made it kind of clear that Carolina is here and we're down here, and we just got a pretty good example of where we need to get to. Now you've got Tampa Bay, the Stanley Cup champions coming in, and will he will he have a similar tune after the game, or is this one, no, you don't get to say that this time around because you're supposed to be a team that should be up there with the rest of them. Well, absolutely. I, w- I was a little surprised. Uh, I appreciate his candor, but I was surprised because to your point, Kippy and Justin was, hey, three years ago, with this, uh, you know, with, uh, or whatever number of years ago it was, that that in, that wonderful year when all three, Nylander, Marner, and Matthews, all three were named NHL Rookies of the Month in different months in the same season. The only time that's ever happened. I can't ever see that happening again. And we envisioned that three or four years down the road, okay, the Leafs are going to be the guys in the penthouse. And then all of a sudden you're hearing that, no, wait, the Leafs were ahead of the Carolina Hurricanes now. What happened? And now you've got the Stanley Cup champions who – won the Stanley Cup the last two years, keep coming at you. So I'll tell you in a, you know, I've talked and, you know, sometime I'll go, we can go over more about the malaise in the summer and, and just the mindset of Leaf fans. And when I say that, you know, perception is reality. It may not be the reality of the situation, but I think what fans have perceived, and I think they have to like some of the things. I like the honesty last week. Uh, I, I, I like Sheldon Keefe saying that, Hey, you know, you're watching it as a fan saying they got to get their act together. And the next game, I liked Austin Matthews yelling on the ice too slow. Like all of a sudden recognizing that, you know, something when you're, you're in a funk, all of a sudden one of your strengths is your speed and you're just going too slow. And then afterwards, Nylander said, Hey, we, we can't, we can't be, have a pity party for ourselves. We've got to get out of it. We can't feel sorry for ourselves. I, I like them kind of taking that on a bit. And then I, I like the Morgan Riley contract getting done so it wouldn't be a constant dis- distraction that we talk about every time being on. So, 
I thought in some ways, Kippy, that maybe if it's used as a motivator, because I think all of us took you know notice that the team takes notice and says, you know what, coach is right. Coach is right. We're not in the same league as these guys the way we're playing right now, and we got to do something about it. And I and I saw some small things after that that I liked about uh, this young leadership group, which to me really hasn't shown a ton or been asked to a ton of young leadership. Yeah, I got that vibe too, Gord. I felt like he was talking to the team and just kind of putting them on notice a little bit of where he thought they were, more than making an honest statement. Um, Speaking of honest statements, there's nothing more honest a coach can do than uh, play a guy, right? You you look at the guy's ice time, you know exactly what a guy, what a coach thinks of him. Jack Campbell going back again tonight against Tampa Bay after a win, like it feels like they've declared him kind of a starter, right? Like a number one in this pairing. What are your thoughts on the way these guys are going to be used going forward, him and Mrazek, and what that can do for Campbell's contract? Yeah, well, I, I, you know, even though Mrazek played, I think they're they're still going of uh, being a little bit, a uh, little bit cautious uh, right around now. So maybe Campbell might get continue to get more of a disproportionate number of starts. I mean, I envisioned it would be more of a fifty-fifty arrangement. We'll see, you know, in a week or so if that ends up happening. But uh, to the point when we started, and Kippy mentioned the question about who's in more cap trouble, uh, Jack Campbell. Uh, that that's a problem. You know that that's a problem. What what's he going to be able to ask for? It, it's wonderful. It, wonderful. It gives you the kind of goaltending that uh, means he can look to command whatever kind of salary it is. But at one point eight million, like wow, that's been that's one of the great bargains. And uh, got Morazic signed for a few years. So all of a sudden, if uh, you know Campbell will gets a bump of I don't know to five or I don't know what the whatever the going rate would be, then um, you know that that's the that's going to be the challenge for for Dubas, Kyle Dubas, and them in the off season. But the upside is you're getting that kind of goaltending. But again, got to get it in the playoffs. That's why Freddie Anderson left with a whimper, not a bang, because you know Freddie gave great the kind of goaltending he's giving in Carolina. He gave a lot of that in Toronto, but. At the end of the day, it's the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs, and the team's worst work has been then, and that included the goaltending, even though Freddie didn't play last year in the playoffs. Yeah, to answer your question, I would think when you consider um, Elvis in, in Columbus and, and Peterson in L.A., and the other one's uh, Allmark, yeah. Buffalo to Boston, and if I'm not mistaken, that was like $20 bucks over four years. Yeah. So yeah. that's where that's where Jack is right now, and I've said this in the past when I when I listen to Jack that uh, he's, he's a guy that's very hard on himself. He, he's just he demands so much from himself, and it's almost as if he lets himself down, and you can hear it and feel it off of him. I can't think of a, a more tougher mental challenge for Jack right now is to continue to play well and go through a negotiations. And when you start turning down real money, and I don't know what the Leafs offered, but it's still real, and it's still probably uh, double or triple than he's made in 10 years, that's not an easy thing to do. But I think if, if Jack can continue to play well and go through this negotiation and continue to say, I'm going to bet on myself to hit that $5 million mark, Man, oh, man, that's some real growth potential for Jack Campbell. Yeah, I think Kippy, he's got a uh, – I don't know him. I don't deal with him daily and, or know, know him well, but I think he's got a perspective that he got – you know, he's kind of won the lottery late in the life. I think he would have had more of a like – he was the number one goaltender selected the year he was drafted, number one taken 11th overall, I believe, and just never got going. 
And I think I wonder in a lot of ways this attitude that we see. I mean, he'll take the blame for anybody. He goes up there and he'll take the blame for anybody on the team. Like others like to deflect and say it's not their fault. And, you know, that's, I, I wonder if that maybe was some, his problem early on that he was too hard on himself. But I, uh, uh, it's working for him now with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think when you're a little bit older, Kippy, and, you, you know, you would know this, and whether it's yourself or other players, uh, you know, what's a good situation? This is a good situation. Uh, it doesn't mean he turns down way more money somewhere else, but for whatever ever reason, other situations didn't work. And, and this is working. So, you know, much like Morgan Riley, who knows what he would have got in the open market, but you'd have it would have been more money deciding he's in a good situation. So, so that that'll be a factor. But the factor, the fact is, if he plays like he's played, he's there, he's going to be a cap issue problem. But uh, that's not his fault. No, it's certainly not. The the cap issue problems we know come from their their top guys. And you know, early in the season, it didn't look like they had them going at a hundred percent. Watching last game, my God, I mean. Matthew shoots a couple that would have gone through Leonard had he been in the way and Marner pirouettes like Kenny Wu out there. What are your thoughts on what's changed for those guys? Is it just a matter of playing weaker competition or uh, is there something noticeably different in the way they've played from the start of the year? Well, I think in Marner's case, you know, he's for the first time in his career, he needed to get his confidence. And uh, I'm glad because, you know, obviously he was, he was pressing, which we'd never seen from day one as a Toronto Maple Leafs. Matthew's missed the first, Missed the first three games. Um, you know, you, you kind of wonder if you're a Leaf fan, why are they not t- why are they not attacking things like uh, McDavid and Drysidle are like to the same same degree. I mean, Edmonton got eliminated in four games. It was a bitter pill for them to swallow when they've come start the season like a house on fire. So I think you know to uh, I'll use my analogy. Uh, I, I don't know if it answers your question, Justin, but I finally figured out after talking to you guys last week that I think the mindset of Leaf fans has been. In the off season, it's kind of like you know your your kids are too young, Justin. But it'd be like Theo on Kippy's side or my son Justin that you know they're the ones that for the third time they've called us and they've dented the family car. Mm-hmm. And we say, oh, don't worry about it. Just hey, just leave it. You can drive our car. We'll Uber and we'll pay cash. And don't worry, you know, just you know, and you know the kind of thing. And and after a while, you got to say no. You got to pay the damage. You got to do whatever that kind of thing. And and the perception was. Leafs thought that the Leafs fans felt like that's what the Leafs were this summer. Like, I don't know, oh, we dented the car again in the playoffs. And, you know, oh, well, it's part of the process. Oh, boy, here we, you know. And I think that's where a lot of fans found it hard to get into the season this year. And, and when those guys started like they did that way, you kind of said, yeah, where, where, where is this jammer intensity to say, damn it, we, we got to limit it in the playoffs and we got we to gotta start game one and we got to be motivated and show that. And I think, you know, finally we, showed, we saw some of that this past week. So better late than never. All right. You good? I love that analogy. You good, Gord? Beautiful. Yeah, great no, great but, analogy. You know, all, we've, all we found out is you drive with no insurance. That's what we found out. <laughs> No, it's against but, the law, Gord, to drive with no insurance. Yeah, I drive it, but no. But the on the other side, Kippy, you don't every morning wake Theo up and yell at him about <laughs> you know about denting the car, okay? But on the other side, yeah, we don't point. cover for them all the time. Like uh, and I and I thought that was a good analogy. Really and I, good. I am. It is. I am. I'm fully insured. You like that, Justin? I do. The, and the... having young kids, I'll remember that. I'll only let my kid crash my car three times before I start making him uh, <laughs> holding him accountable. So go yeah, ahead. or the other th- other thing, Kippy, is you could own a dealership like Wajid Khan did, and his kid dented the car all the time. But it's okay. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the Leafs have been operating. <laughs> so are, well, it, we'll say th- this will be a good test tonight, and we have the game on the fan. 
And, uh, and, and this will be a, a good one about, yeah, to your line. You can't just say, okay, Carolina's in a different class. Oh, great, Tampa Bay's in a cl- different class. Oh, so Saturday Boston's in a different class too? Okay, let's, let's find out. The good old Atlantic Division, uh, what we wanted to see this year, and, let, and let's see where we stack up. We just had Dave Anderchuk, and we are just talking about uh, no Coleman and, and Goudreau and how incredible those guys were, uh, Gord as well. Uh, but if if you look across the ice tonight and you start looking at uh, the Leafs and, and their their third and fourth line, is 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 it still? Uh, are we in the exploratory situation here where we're just trying to see if these guys are truly guys that you could compete with, or uh, are you going to sit there and go by the twentieth game? We gotta we gotta we gotta look for something else here. Uh, boy, Kippy, uh, like, is this the Mason Raymond era still, a Freddie Goche era? Like, you know what? I mean, these third and fourth lines change, change, change. Now, one of the upsides is Kerfoot um, looks like he could fit in the top six if that's where they want to go. I, I like him. I like him if he's going to be on the third line as well. But, but to your point, and same thing in the playoffs last year, that, okay, when the big guns weren't going, uh, other guys, save for Jason Spezza, you know, got to step up. You got to get those identities because those are the difference makers in the playoffs. You just alluded to that with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The depth factor becomes so much more important. And really, for the Maple Leafs, it's been sometimes maybe it was cap reason that reasons that guys had to be traded. But again, it's it's this revolving door. I mean, geez, Nick Robertson hurt again. That that's a tough one. But yeah, like 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 give me the again. Go back thirty years ago. Give me the, the late Peter Zezel, Mark Osborne, and Billy Berg. Like, give me that line. So give me give me something like that, uh, and certainly when you were at the Rangers, the kind of depth you provided and everybody else—that's a huge reason. That's a bit of a stretch. Teams... But I appreciate. No, it. it's not. No, it's not. It's not that that part, Kiffy, is not a bit of a stretch at all because we we kid about things at certain times. But but I can always remember Hockey Hall of Fame weekend. I made a joke to Brian because I you know did the uh, you know the the uh, used to do the fan forums and Brian Leach was getting inducted and I I tried to do a funny joke at your expense and he had nothing of it. He had he set me straight about your value to the team. Let me tell you that, Nicholas Kiprios. Well, I appreciate that, but uh, I'm, as far as the Leafs, I think we can appreciate the camp in, in Kashe and those guys are uh, Kasha's. They're in a scenario where there's not a lot of offensive faceoffs, and we get that. But they're gonna have to chip in here a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You're you're going to have to chip in, and 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 Nick Ritchie's got to find his way. And I think part of it is with the team getting off to an uneven start that makes it hard hard for the new guy to find his way. And you know you, you got you got to hope those things uh, those things are the cases. But uh, yeah, you you just like let's use Tampa Bay as the barometer. And even though they've lost all those guys and they had to move Tyler Johnson and what have you, they they still have guys coming that you know that you hope keep coming for the Toronto Maple Leafs. So, yeah, these are the projects. Like, okay, game number 83. The 82 games, I don't care if it's a way more uneven, turbulent regular season, as long as in game number 83 uh, you're better prepared to move on and have more success than you do, did in other seasons. And that'll be, that'll be the constant mantra all season long. I'm going to take a bite out of my candy bracelet right now. Is there not a brand? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! Stale. This is essential. Tim, End Tim of show. McAuliffe. We have to feed him sugar to keep him to keep him going. Tim McAuliffe gave me stale candy bracelet. Now, are, are you a chocolate guy, Gord, or are you a candy guy? Uh, uh, I'm 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 more a chocolate guy. 
JB? So, I mean, chocolate. My poor kid. I'm just, he goes to bed. I'm just scavenging. Anything left? <laughs> What's that uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, skit where they steal the kids' candy? It's awful. I love that. It's awful. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, emotionally ma- manipulating these young kids for our laughs. It's awful. What's next? So, Gord, uh, uh, okay, go ahead. I said maybe Tim can get us some Harvey's Bristol Cream uh, chocolates, right? Around Christmas. That'd Ooh, be nice. That would be really nice. Really mm-hmm. nice. So uh, you're on your way to the rink right now too early, uh, maybe a bite to eat at Dante's? Well, yeah, I'm in my Mazda CX-9 from, uh, <laughs> from Watch It Gone. Oh, and I'm, if... I, 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 I'm going to be there and parked here. Where am I parked on? What is it? Uh, I can't believe it's like no meter right here on Wellington Street. I can see the uh, BCA ple- BCE place, so I'll be there early. And, yes, nowadays we get a, a voucher at the uh, because the press room's not open, so... Um, there is no Dante's Fiesta there, Kipper, so I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go on the little bit healthier side, I've, side, okay? I've driven with you in a car. You're not getting there early. <laughs> I, I, like, I get there early because I leave early. I don't drive fast, and uh, I haven't offered you ever. rides since then. Yeah, I haven't offered you rides since then. I can't believe but, Gord uh, comes back on our show. I'll oh be my honest. God, a, <laughs> You're a great man, Gord. There's a dog pissing on our wheel. Gord, we got to go faster. <laughs> we got to go faster, please. <laughs> Gord Stellick. Stellectricity. Always a pleasure. Yeah, and uh, enjoying the show, enjoying the talk about Eichel on that. It's uh, it's great hockey talk you guys have, but I knew that from day one. So let's uh, let's hope the Leafs give us a lot a lot to talk about us too. It should, should be fun. Oh, okay? they will. Win or lose, they That's will. True. Thanks, Gord. We love you. Okay. See you, boys. Gord Stellick. Tonight on the Fan 590. Pre and post. Did you do that with him? No, I haven't, I haven't had the privilege. Our boy Sammy right now is dressed to the nines, ready to go work on the show tonight, attend the game, Sammy. Eat, eat the popcorn. He's taking calls, though. There must be people. We're giving away tickets today, so he's, he's a busy man. I was actually saying bye to Gord, and Derek reminded me, he was just rotten, like waiting for me to say goodbye, and I completely forgot. It's like it's my first day or something. But, um, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah, I'm dressed to the nines. Yeah, I put on a suit jacket. I didn't wear the normal hoodie. And a hat. No, you, is, you don't go to games with a... Yeah. I sit with, with a hoodie, too? No, 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 never. No, no. Yeah, that's come what on, I meant. On, you always on. look good. I got a touch of class, at least. At least a touch. Touch of class where you're stuffing bags of popcorn oh, in your jeans. Honestly, <laughs> your way out the, my, door. the amount of popcorn that I eat at Scotiabank Arena is horrible for my health. Like, I'll, I'll take two bags when I get there, and so, I'll maybe go through those. And maybe post-game, so I'll muck a bag. I, uh, <laughs> I used to do uh, color commentating for junior hockey when I first broke into Sportsnet. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is that true? I did it. Wow. And I did it with uh, Kevin. Uh... Oh, why am I drawing a blank? Sheffieldale? No, no, no. Oh, that would have been coincidental. Weeks? No. <laughs> I'm offering no help. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's been such a long time. Anyways, he's my play-by-play guy, Kevin. Yeah. And uh, I'm, like, eating popcorn, eh, in between plays. <laughs> he's like, uh, hey, bud. No, 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 no. He's like. I keep passing it over to him. He's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Finally, like, I'm like, would you take some popcorn? He does, and no word of a lie. Gets caught in his throat. <laughs> and it's like, it's quiet you're, you're for the a, show. a minute. You're the show. It's you quiet. You didn't fill he's, in to help he's him? He's going beat red. Absolutely. <laughs> Kevin Quinn uh, going beat red on me. And I'm like, am I going to have to, like, perform, like, you know, the I'm like here? Manslaughter charges as a color guy. Yeah, bad move. Popcorn during play-by-play, bad move. I want 
I have a we have a clip from Keith today that I think is hilarious about him getting asked about um oh, little Jack Eichel. Crack there. I got some popcorn in my throat <laughs> about Jack Eichel. So if we want to play that, because oh, it's hilarious. Um, Eichel got traded last night. Uh, when he gets healthy, are you kind of happy he's out of your uh, division? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, the the ha- the Shooter sure. McGavin quote, yeah, yeah. What, what are they in dead last every year? I can care less. Sure. Oh, see, I I don't think he's thinking that. What's he thinking? He's thinking on the list of priorities I have with yeah. my own team. Uh, you know, a little this, thought about Jack Eichel. This one's not even close right now. Yeah. yeah. He played March seventh, twenty twenty. Was the last time he played hockey. <laughs> yeah. I don't think we need to worry too much so about him. What are the odds that he can come in and 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 pull a, a Kucherov? So here's the thing with Kucherov is like he is I, I find him very efficient in his movement, right? Like he's sneaky. He's got that, that great little cutters one timer on the power play. Let's not forget. He put up a lot of his offense when he came back on the power play and found his legs. I feel like Eichel to be Eichel has to be skating, right? Like he's got that long wide track stride that cuts through the, you know, eats up ice through the neutral zone. Like, I think it's going to be harder given his game style to just pop back in and be like, hey, I'm the Jack Eichel of old in the playoff game. Well, I think they'll probably, you know, you think back to last year with Kucherov, he was skating for a long period of time before the playoffs started. Actually, this may be the point, though, Sammy. Maybe Eichel will be skating in March. Yeah, that's what I mean. But I don't think if he's skating in March that they're going to, like Kipper's been talking about here, you know, this ownership group in Vegas wants to win right away, and they have a tough go here with no one in their lineup. We saw that lineup on Tuesday night. It's not great. You know, they're going to want him in the lineup as soon as possible. So I don't know if they're necessarily going to be afforded the ability to do what Vegas did with Kucherov, right? Because they'd already won the cop the year before. He was on the LTIR. He had the surgery. They're already a wagon without him. Like, they didn't necessarily I, need I, him. I agree. They could be in a dog fight. I don't know. Well, so if he's well, ready but... and Foley's like, hey, guess what? Remember that guy that's we're paying $10 million bucks. We traded a, b- a bunch of stuff for? Uh, maybe he could play. Yeah. But How's know, that they, sound? Then they're going to go to Foley and go, hey, if you want him to play now, you know what we have to do? Trade people. Yeah. You know, like if you want they a, probably a will. best they don't chance care. to win a Stanley Cup, we need to hang on to it, this guy and have him wait till April and give us a chance to really win come playoff. It kind of rubs me the wrong way, they, the way they do things. Just in terms of, you know, no one's worth anything. They just kind of flip and play him like it's fantasy hockey. I don't know. Ryan I, Burke I, was pretty adamant about that, that like, you know, eventually it catches up to an organization. If you're the team that signs every available free agent, then they dump you the second they find it convenient. You know, who's yeah. going to want to go there? Like the flurry thing. They literally traded him for like, for no, nothing. No, it was nothing. Yeah. For no one. Yeah. And it's like this guy no was the, was the face of your franchise, a guy who really was very important in you being relevant. Like he, how many games did he save their bacon early when they started? And now you just you kind of cast him aside. They've done it with everyone. I think didn't they say they had four guys on their roster from 2017 or yeah. four or five? That's crazy. Can I tell you what I think about that? I love it. You love it. I love it. You know why I love it? Because if I'm considering signing somewhere, I want a ruthless organization that's doing whatever it takes to win. Yeah, including throwing yourself to the curb. Well, like, as long as they pay me uh, first, right? throw, throw me somewhere, uh, sure. No, no, no. There's wife and kids involved. Yeah. There's communities. There's but, schools. But there's the there's belief promises. that it's not going to happen to you because they all have huge egos. I shouldn't say they all, but most people that are confident enough to play in that league well, believe that they yeah. are above it. But not everybody's like that. There are... There are teams that uh, they make a promise they should keep it. I, I just, I don't mind them being aggressive and saying, hey, maybe this isn't good for hugs and love, but we think it gives us the best chance to win a Stanley Cup. I think that has to be a good feeling for the other guys in the yeah. locker room knowing they're yeah. trying to compete. But hey, 
why don't you win a Stanley Cup first and then I'll believe sure. you yep. when you tell me that that recipe is really working, but you got to win it first. You got you to gotta get some credibility first. I got to see that there's a guy who won't sign there first to believe this argument that guys are going to not want to go Every guy there. signs there. Oh, yeah, Vegas? Yeah. Okay. And, I mean, give them credit. The amount of superstars they've brought into that roster. Like, I mean, I know, I know their center depth was hurting a lot, but like Stone, Pacioretty, Petrangelo, like you just think down the line, they've been yeah. pretty good at bringing guys in. They juggle, man. They full, do. Full credit to them there. I, I I don't see Riley Smith or even a guy like uh, McNabb on the blue line finishing uh, there. McNabb smoked Matthews on Tuesday there. Head into the boards. I was a little worried for a moment. Physical D-man. Yeah, hey, that that might have appealed to the Toronto. He, he's a real butcher. Laughs. He's a real butcher. The, the least need a butcher. Is, yeah. you'd, you'd like uh, McNabb and Riley mm. on this team. <laughs> not together. Hey, Sammy? Yeah, maybe not together. Oh, oh, Riley Smith. They're talking about Riley. Sorry, oh, Morgan Riley. Smith. No, no, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Riley Smith. I, I would. Yeah, but Riley I mean, Smith you... and, and, and McNabb would be, those are the type of pieces that could put a team over the top. Yeah. And I wish we could have that conversation without being like, but it can't happen because of the cap. You know? Right. Wouldn't it be great to be able to be the richest franchise in the league and bring in guys? Yeah. And just not have to worry about it? But it's money in, money out. I know. So what do you think the chances are? Like, the Leafs looked good against Vegas. And we've been killing Vegas for their their lineup but you can only play who you play and the Leafs looked good is there a chance they come out tonight and look like that team that maybe this team isn't the the one that we had to play a mindful meditation uh you know intro for maybe they're the good version of this team and they just took them a while to find their stride here is that possible yeah I I think it's possible that they could even lose tonight and and still feel good Mm -hmm. because it, it all depends what Tampa Bay shows up with to be honest with you, we'll know, we'll, we'll know if uh, if Tampa Bay has an off night or if they're in the ballpark of where they can be potentially on a good night, and then you'll you'll measure Toronto. There, it is possible to lose tonight, Sammy, and and still feel like they've they've made strides in the last week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, that's. I mean, you you make the big bucks. That's why you made that point. But I was thinking that exact thing. So not a big deal here. But so. you know, it's 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 about how they lose if they do lose. It's. I think you know. But I, don't, I do think we're a defining. win's a win's a win's a win. Like even if they get you know shelled and Campbell makes a bunch of saves and puts his they, price up a little bit more. But they have to tighten up for sure. They do, and they can exchange chances. And I don't like uh, three guys all underneath the hash marks in the offensive zone, and. I, uh, Spets and Richie and Simmons, they like need from from the top line to the fourth line, there has to there has to be a look where where everybody has a good night. Yeah, big night for thirty seven. Old Lilligren needs a big one tonight. Yeah, like, I mean, he's had like we've said he's had a couple good ones, but this is the real test. Yeah, I think, I think he played sixteen thirty seven or something last mm-hmm. game. Um, will be interesting to see if they still feel like they can use him. The one thing I'll say is that with the change in depth in Tampa Bay, he'll be getting a, a line like Matthew Joseph, Pierre-Edouard Bellamar, Taylor Radish, or Maroon, Colton Perry. Like, he's still, he's not going to be seeing Stamkos and Pallad and Kalorn and Point and Sorelli. Like, he should get favorable matchups still. So, hopefully he can handle that. Yeah. And a big night for Jack Campbell. Yeah. This one, the starting goalie. Can you be the guy? Right? Like, wins tonight. Plays well tonight, even on a on a one goal loss that he gave his ch- team a chance to win. He's also up against Boston on on Saturday night, so this is 
It's early, but it is a little bit uh, fork in the road. You don't want, if you're Jack right now, you've got your foot on the pedal. You don't want to invite Mrazic back into one-on, one-off, one-on, one-off. Right in the middle of contract conversations, you'd sure love to drive home the idea that you're a number one, wouldn't you? Mm -hmm. You love each other, you support each other, but those goalies, man, there's only one net, and they both want it. There's got to be some phoniness in those relationships, eh? I think it's like 85 to 90% phoniness, no? (laughs) Yeah. I, I just think it's really... You know, the, the you can zoom in on these games and how they play into the contract negotiations is so fascinating to me. Yeah. Like, because it's just not a long sample size for The him. only way it works is when a, a guy truly knows he is the backup. Yeah. yeah. And how often does that happen? Like McElhaney when he was here with with McElhaney made, made some money, like four years of just being like, yeah, yeah, I'm the backup. It's fine. But he was good here for the lease. Yeah. And they they, haven't, good, they yeah. haven't really had that since him. So it's, it's interesting now that they've got the, the, the tandem going, but... Jack's the starter, and he's going to prove it tonight, I think. Big night for him. Yeah. Want to uh, do predictions here on the way out the door? Or, Kipper, are you feeling like the Leafs got one in them? We got about a, mi- a minute, minute and a half here. Uh, I, you saw so much more out of uh, the win against Vegas, and I still saw them leaking oil a little bit here. So I'm, I got Tampa by a goal tonight. I also think it's a tight game. I love the idea of betting Tampa being plus 116 against Toronto Maple Leafs like that. But uh, you know what? I'm I'm feeling it. Maybe I don't know what it is, but I, I like the Leafs. Uh, I like the way they're playing. I, I think this Good. one is close. Maybe one goal game, even if it's an OT or, or not, but a Leafs win tonight. 3-2. Sammy. 4-3 four, four, Leafs in a shootout. How's that sound? Ooh, haven't had a shootout. They have zero last year. Sammy's had them 82-0. Uh, at the beginning of the year, though, so I'm not sure if that means anything. Look at Derek. We got to ask Derek. Derek, you know there's a game tonight. Yes. <laughs> That's good It'll enough. Happen right after I make. I, I, it's good enough. Just the mere fact that you've acknowledged that there's a game tonight, I don't even want to go any further than that, because he is Derek, the tech guy. All right. Two hours, pretty fast. Real Kipper and born. For Sammy, Derek, JB, thanks for listening. Tune in tomorrow.